Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Thanks for checking out this feed of my favorite interviews and best guests over the last seven years. Whether it's your first time or you're already in a deep dive, make sure you head to billsimmonsinterviews.theringer.com for the entire archive. You can sort by genre, year, and more to easily navigate all your favorite people. Again, that is billsimmonsinterviews.theringer.com. Enjoy. One of my favorite actors, Jeff Bridges. Hey, Jeff. What a pleasure. Great to be here, man. You're, you're in the tour. You're doing uh, You've Only the Brave a, coming October 20th. a good movie, yeah. How you feeling about it? Really good. Yeah? And, yeah. I saw it for the second time a couple of nights ago. Went to a big premiere, and it was uh, really wonderful. We were honoring all these firefighters and first responders. Yeah. That night, they were all there, and also the family of the... The brave guys who perished in the Yarnell Hill fire. 2013. Yeah. And now that, I mean, we're taping this the week of uh, the 10th, and there's all these fires that are going on. Can you believe it? Oh, the man. California and all this yeah. stuff. So, I mean, you read these stories. Uh, it just goes like, boom, all of a sudden, acres are yeah. going in a heartbeat. It's frightening. I know. I was up in Montana not too long ago. My daughter, Jessie, was marrying uh, Kevin Rodriguez up there. We had a big family affair in our ranch up in Montana. Fires all over the place. Jesus. They're just popping up everywhere. So you, you've, I mean, you've been making movie, movies now for, we're midway through decade five. So you're on the set, you do your scenes, you send it out. Like, what, what's, what's your process after? You're just like, I hope that's good. Is, you're yeah, sitting you in the screening know. going, oh, I hope they didn't screw this you up. You know, you never know. You always have high hopes yeah. you know, when you sign on in a movie. And um, often you're lucky enough to have, you know, a great story, a great script, a great director, a great cinematographer, great actors. And the still the thing comes out crummy. <laughs> you know, that happens. <laughs> and every once in a while you get all those great ingredients and the thing not only comes out, cool but it transcends all of your expectations you know and that's what was the what best example of that well this is a good example of that really lebowski you know i mean i've been i've, I've been lucky of you know uh, last picture show fearless or something really you know uh, well, baker boys fabulous baker boys fortunately for you we're gonna go through some of these oh, cool. i do this trick sometimes yeah. when i have people who have had great careers we kind of go through the imdb cool. because i have a lot of questions because I'm an only child, so I've seen probably every movie you've made, or at least oh, 80% man. of them, but oh, wow. I love this stuff, and I like when I feel like it's like having a resource yeah. in the studio. So Last Picture Show, that was your big break. Yeah. Youngest guy ever to get nominated for an Oscar. Is that right? I think you were, yeah, 22 wow. years old. Has that been that record has been? I think you should brag about that more. Yeah, it's almost as impressive as winning the Oscar. I didn't win. You didn't win it, but you got nominated. nominated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bogdanovich. I I would think there are younger guys than me that have been nominated. Really, to this day, I think that when you got nominated, you were the youngest person who had ever been nominated. But then I think the Kramer versus Kramer kid blew you out of the water. Oh, he He was like nine. Yeah, that's well, kids, man. Yeah, they're masters. Well, they're masters. We learn from kids and watch how they do it. So, last picture show. What do you remember from that? All these years later. Oh man. Well, you know the cool thing about picture show is twenty years later we did the sequel, Texasville. Yeah. And we got the same guys, you know, together. You know, Timmy Bottoms and Cloris Leachman. Peter Bogdanovich directed it, and it was such a great, uh, great group of that original uh, movie. Uh, you know, Ben Johnson was no longer with us, but um, God, what a great actor he was. He was in the original. I think he beat me out for the best, uh, you know, supporting actor. Yeah, yeah. De- deservedly so. He was so terrific in that. But, uh, you know, it was a, uh, we were all, you know, pretty green at the time. And, uh, you know, wonderful cast Ellen Burstyn, Eileen Brennan. Um, when that movie's out in the. I mean, that's been out 47 years. Mm-hmm. If it's on, like, you're... Larry you're McMurtry, home. man. Great writer. I mean, you know. But you're, you're home, you're flicking channels, and it's on. Do you stop and watch five minutes of it? I do. Yeah, I watch a little bit of it, yeah. Get, like, there, weird flashbacks? Yeah, well, you know, that's an aspect of, of watching my movies I've been in. There, There's a home, home movie aspect to it. Yeah. You know? 
You're seeing yourself all these different yeah, and you ages, remember, haircuts. Yeah, yeah, and you remember all of those things. Like, you you know, your picture show, when I see that, I can remember having lunch with Ellen Burstyn and Eileen Brennan and Tim Bottoms, you know, and Sybil Shepard, and we're sitting there. Peter, that was his second movie. He did a movie called Targets with Boris Karloff shortly before that. And uh, he was very young, I think in his 30s, you know. And uh, he wouldn't let any of us go to the dailies, you know, the the stuff you know, that we shot. The dailies, yeah. huh? I know. would do that if I was a director. Yeah, yeah he stand did, he on my dailies. Yeah, and um, but uh, I remember, you know, having lunch with all this, these young actors, you know, pretty green, and we said something is happening, isn't it? He said, Yeah, something feels like you get a feeling, you know, and uh, it turned out to be a really a special, unique. Film. I can't think of any movie that it's like, or yeah. you know, no movie that's like it. It just kind of sits there by itself. You know? Such a cool time for movies from like '69 through yeah. '78. It's just all these young directors coming oh, in, completely yeah. changing. Yeah, I, I watched the Spielberg documentary on HBO, and it was I didn't even realize that there was like him and De Palma and Scorsese, and there was like five or six guys, and they all like hung out. Yeah, and they yeah. just like talked about movies. The, you know, I mentioned Larry McMurtry. Yeah. Uh, he wrote a series of books based on those characters from the last picture show, and their Texasville is one of those books. Yeah, and there's three more books, so I'm hoping. Are you ready? Okay, huh? You're ready. You ready I, for another I, one? I don't. I don't know. I'm never ready. But. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. I saw in the theater. I think I was mm. five. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Was that the only time you worked with him? Yep. What'd you learn from Clint Eastwood? Mm. He was older than you at that point. Yeah, like, oh good yeah. Good 15 years older? Yeah, he's all, always be older than me. <laughs> <laughs> Clint, uh, it was really, a, that was a wonderful experience. I, I shot up in Montana, a state that I I really yeah. fell in love with that state on that well, that movie. was it. You stayed after that. Yeah, and well, I did a couple more movies after that up there. I just fell in love with the place. And um, I can remember, it was Michael Cimino's first movie. Yeah. Another movie I did up there years mm-hmm. later with him was Heaven's Gate. We're going to talk about that one. And so, with you know, fa- uh, he's kind of famous for, you know, lots of takes and being very, you know, extravagant with things. But um, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, Clinton was giving him his, you know, his first break as a, uh, as a director. He had written another script for uh, Clint, like... Uh, was it Magnum Force? I can't remember the, the other script that Mike had written for him, but um, Clint was giving him his big shot to direct this thing. And Clint is famous yeah, for he only like wanting takes. to do one or two <laughs> takes, right? Right. So I was the young punk kid who would go up to Chimino and say, Mike, I've got an idea. Can I just do one more you know, thing? And he said, well, I'll have to ask the boss, you know? And, Clint would say, yeah, give the kid, get, go give on, him one go more. on, give him another one, you know. And then it was so kind of, you know, ironic that we do a, the Heaven's Gate and it's, you know, everything's different. So Clint, Clint scarred him emotionally now. He went, uh, I, no, do I don't takes. know, I don't think, you know, there's, there's, uh, I think there's values, to, there's, there's a, a value to both, uh, you know, short, you know, just a few takes and then doing a bunch What's of What's the takes. ideal number of takes? Well, you never know. I always thought it'd be interesting to do a movie where you have you only do one, you're only allowed one take. Oh, that's a one shot. It's like a play. Just one, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it's a like good a idea. One shot thing. You ever see the movie A Time Code? Yeah. Wasn't that a cool thing where they split the deal in four? You know, I worked. I talked to um, Tony Houston, who was an actor on that, and the way they did that movie uh, is that they would shoot the entire movie. Twice every day <laughs> with using four cameras. It's almost like a Broadway musical or something. Well, it was it was weird. They would have four cameras going all the time. And uh, if an actor in the scene left the room, that camera would follow them. And it would follow, you know, the different characters. And it would project on the screen all four cameras simultaneously for the wow. audience. So you would follow the people. And then you were led which one to look at, which image to look at by the sound, which one was, you know, clear. But that, and then, so you, you, they shot it, uh, you know, two weeks, the whole thing. They shot, uh, you know, the, the movie twice every day. You'd come to work, you'd shoot the movie once, all in real time, have lunch. While you're having lunch, you're looking at the dailies and you're saying to your buddy, you know, now, when I come around that corner, just wait a little longer because I want to pull out this gun, you know, yeah. just for a second, you know. 
and then you would do the do it again after lunch. And then you would pick, at the end of the whole process, you pick the one version of that movie that you did that you're going to put up there, and that was it. There's, you a lot of, to, there's a lot of ways to skin the cat, you know. Wasn't Tommy Lee Jones legendary for one take, too? I thought he was nicknamed, mm. like, one take Tommy. I don't know. Tommy and I did quite a few takes. I know. We did Blown away. away. Yeah. So King Kong, 1976. That was, like... Here's Jeff Bridges. He's going to be a big star, everybody. Yeah. Here's the promotional machine for it. Yeah. That was like your big break as an A-lister, right? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know. I wouldn't Because the Hollywood that machine, when, you're, when your career's kind of going this way, there's always that one movie where they're like, this guy. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Is that it? And they just well, blow it out. You got my thing there? Let me, yeah. see. Let me just look at the... I pick, I pick some favorites. Yeah, I... I so you had 76 was King Kong. What was before that? Thunderbolt and Lightfoot I had was like the, because uh, that was a big movie in 74. Um, yeah, well, Clint, you know, Clint's so huge. Well, by know, the way, your it? IMDb is like seven times as long as oh, this. Yeah, I just, yeah, I yeah. No, I'm just seeing what was before. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, Last Picture Show, like, you know, that was a big, that was big for me. Yeah. But Kong, that was uh, that was a wild experience, man. I think we I think that we worked on that for nine months. I think. My God. You know, giving birth to the monkey. And it was successful, right? It did. It was like one uh, of the first big I budget think, movies. I think sort of, sort of. I mean, you know who really was incredible, and in it was Jesse. Yeah. Lang, you know, Jessica Lang. Uh, I thought Jessica Lange and Charles Grodin really hit the tone of the movie. You know, tone in movies is so important that everybody's kind of in the same world, you know. And and, and uh, I felt that one was a little, little uneven t tonally, you know. So you don't know, you know, take it seriously, tongue in the cheek. But Jessie, you know, I don't know, she was she was so great in it, and. Uh, she was, that's when people were like, wow, that's a movie star. Jessica Lang, beautiful. I, rem I remember a couple of stories that pop into my head. We shot it, you know, the monkey didn't fall off the Empire State Building like oh, the no. original. It fell off the Trade Towers. Right. You know? And they were still there. And I remember showing up for the big scene with them, you know, the monkey's on the, on the ground. He's just fallen. And, you know, we just come to work, and this little guy comes up to me. He goes, "Do you like my temple? My temple?" I say, "Your temple?" He says, "Yeah, my temple. I live over there. I I come here. I praise uh, the Lord. I walk your temple." He says, "Yes, I'm Philippe Petit." I say, "Oh, you're the guy who walked across." Oh. He says, "Yes, I'm a friend of Jessica Lang. We used to perform together in Paris, and uh, I walk across." This is and it happened just you know I think the year before maybe something like that yeah and uh, he he says do you juggle and I say no and he taught me how to juggle in about five minutes and then uh, for the rest of my stay there in New York I would f watch him you'd see him on the street you'd be walking down you know doing your business you'd look down the street and you say what is there am I seeing things is there a guy on a unicycle holding on to a taxi cab coming down the street. And you say, it is. And it would be Philippe Petit. And he would come out, and he'd have a big rope on his shoulder. And he would be like, um, you know, he wouldn't speak at all, you know, like kind of like a mime kind of thing, you know. But he would get some strong guys together, to, and he'd tie the rope onto a lamppost or something, get these guys to pull on it, and he would leap up there on that rope, and he would perform. This is what he was sentenced to do. You know, yeah. the judge, you know, because he was found guilty for breaking the law. And they said, we sentence you to perform free for a year in the park or something. And so he'd get these guys to pull on the rope and he'd jump up there and perform. And then after he, you know, a couple of minutes, you know, 10 minutes, he'd jump off, get everybody lined up facing each other, curl the rope up on his shoulder and take his hat, you know, tip his hat and time it perfectly, go right down the line, waving to all the people and catch a cab and on the side of the cab and take off again. Wow. Magical. King Kong. Yeah. Special effects have not aged well for King Kong in case you No, haven't. exactly. Yeah, I mean, 1976 I'm a, you know, was rough. I, I, I've, been a, uh, <laughs> I've been a fan of King Kong. I used to pretend to be sick to stay home from school to watch yeah. it on the, the original. You know? Oh, yeah. 
But they've really getting that monkey down now, man. Wow, I've seen the last two. They're really looking good. We Planet had, of the know, Apes is another Ours one. was just terrible. You know, we had, uh, who is that famous? Um, yours looked like a dog guy, on a string huh? on the top oh, of a fake well, building. Oh, well, it was so, they had, you know, they had, uh, who's the great stunt guy? Um, I can't remember his name, in the suit, the gorilla yeah. suit. Yeah. They had that version, and then they had a giant 70-foot, you know, stiff as hell, you know, yeah. a, a <laughs> version like this. I remember uh, the scene where Jessica is sitting in the palm of the monkey's hand, you know, and uh, they made a terrible mistake. They made two left hands. You know, they what? They, yeah, yeah. So that that pissed you know the director off, who was quite a volatile cat. And uh, this, so the scene is Jesse's in the monkey's hand. The monkey's supposed to you know gently kind of be caressing her with her fingers or whatever. And uh, there's. The, the monkey's hand was made in Italy. And so there was an Italian guy assigned to each finger, right, to manipulate the finger. Oh, my of God. Of course, the uh, director didn't speak Italian, and the guys on the fingers didn't speak English, so there had to be an interpreter between them two, you know. And that, that didn't work well at all. It was too much lag time. So the director... Just raised his hand. He says, "Just look at my blimmin' hand. Just watch my hand." You know. <laughs> and so you got these Italian guys working the fingers, looking at the guy's hand, and they practically killed Jesse. And they, you know, oh, you're hurting me! No, oh, my God. God! Oh, there's so many wild stories from that movie. Jesus. 1980, Heaven's Gate. <laughs> you mentioned it. Yeah. Which has now. The reputation is, you know, one Isn't of the it? most expensive, biggest bombs and all that stuff. Did you? Yeah, but when no, you're on no, the no, set, no, do you I realize you were that? going to go another place. Where? Now it's considered a classic. It's kind of, yeah, it's, um, it's know, had a masterpiece. Kind of a, yeah, you know. It's had but a come it, around. Yeah, but when it came out, there was so much animosity for our uh, director, Clint East, uh, not Clint Eastwood, uh, Michael Cimino, yeah. uh, that they just killed it with, with the reviews. And, um, I mean, I you know, I have my... Th theories about what what happened i think let's hear it well we were you know it was a time when mtv was just coming out and uh fast editing you know and the digital editing was just coming in and people were getting used to that speed mm. and heaven's gate was very slow kind of almost like the russian director uh, tarkovsky you know he would just sits you know and the, deer hunters like that too yeah, and first deer hour hunters deer like hunters that. super slow yeah and you gotta you've gotta uh, get with the filmmakers rhythm and not try to you know it's like uh going to a dance and they're playing a waltz and you say no i want a cha-cha man yeah, yeah. cha-cha you know no it's a waltz dig the waltz you know you got to get with the you know the guy the guy's rhythm. So I think that was one thing. And then the other deal is that Chimino, um, you know, he was the the darling after Deer Hunter. Yes. Of Hollywood. And, uh, you know, everybody said, oh, whatever you want to do, Mr. Chimino. He said, well, I want to make this epic Western story. And it's an amazing story uh, about, uh, you know, back in those days, you know, in the 18, you know, 18, what is it, 70, probably something like that, mid 60, 1860s, there was just a handful of men, cattle barons, who owned all the cattle from Texas to Canada. And uh, it was at the same time when immigrants were coming into our country, splashing on our shores, and they'd get out to Montana and Wyoming, and it'd be freezing, and there are all these hamburgers walking around, you know, cows walking around, and they're starving, so they started to eat these cows, and the cattlemen said, oh, no, you can't do that. We're going to hire a 100 Texas gunmen to come in there and kill all the people, the immigrants who were doing that, and they wrote a, you know, an official paper that was signed by the president of the United States wow. authorizing the whole deal. That's the, you know, that's one element of the story. Have you ever seen the movie? I th I saw it along like when I was in high yeah. school. It's a, cl it's really a it's classic. Been Thirty it's years. Really incredible. It's long. I mean, yeah. that, it'll be on TV sometimes, and it'll be like the channel guide block is just Heaven's Gate for four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it's really worth it. But you gotta you gotta get with the guys. Speed. Right. I would well, just one other thing about yeah. Heaven's Gate. We were 
shooting a, a scene where I'm I'm killed out in front with um, Isabel Huppert and um, is walking killed out there. I think might be too in front of this cabin, and we just were finishing that scene. And Mike said, gathered the crew around in the cast, and he said, uh, the owner of this land is going to burn this cabin down because he doesn't want it on his land anymore. Does anybody want it? And I raised my hand, and I said, yeah, I'll take that that cabin, and because I had bought a, um, a ranch in Montana, yeah. a few hundred miles south, and it was the the hog ranch, which was the whorehouse from Heaven's Gate, and a beautiful barn. And I numbered those logs and moved it down to my place, and that's where that's where I live in Montana, in the whorehouse wow. from Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I'm gonna skip over Tron unless you wanna. You, if there's well, anything. I, I, you know, I, got I know we're, pres- we're a little pressed you for know. time. Okay, you do. You know, it's your show. You do what Tron, you like. Tron, though, I was a video game kid. Oh. I was excited for Tron. I saw it in the yeah, theater first weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then cool. it had the a belated origi- resurgence. The original, the original yeah, 82. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it had a belated, it didn't do well. And then it was a little like Heaven's Gate where people kind of came Comes around, around yeah. on it. Yeah. All now it's sort of kind of kitschy and weird. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it definitely feels very early 80s. It doesn't you it? Oh, yeah, man. And that music, Wendy Carlos, that music is so great. So Saturday Night Live, 1983, you hosted With Your Bro. Yeah. What do you remember about that? <laughs> I remember uh, being in a room with all the writers and, uh, you know, Bo and I, we jammed and had some great ideas what we wanted to do and being in the room pitching those ideas and we're laughing and our faces are all animated and the guys just have this in, <laughs> They're staring you this down. Impla- implacable expressions <laughs> with nothing. It's the weirdest feeling, man. You know, you're pitching something and it's just yeah. nothing. But Bo and I had a great time, uh, and my father was in it too. I think you, you know, I think you can Google it. You can Google uh, all three bridges. You can Google, you know, Bo and Jeff Bridges Saturday Night Live, and you can see this scene that Bo and I did with my dad. Uh, a big fight that we do, and we had a great. We was had a Eddie great Murphy time. in that? Had he left by then? I think or was Eddie he still Murphy might have been there. Yeah. And then Bo and I had this trip where. A, a skit where I'm playing a gay uh, masseuse. N- what was my name? Uh, I am. Oh yeah, my name was Sandra, and and uh, you know I'm preparing for a massage, and the door, you know, my door knocks, and I opened up, and he says, uh, and Bo is there, and he says, I've come for my massage. Uh, I'm looking for Sandra, and I say, I am Sandra. Please come in, please. And uh, <laughs> I get him down there on the. On the bed, you know, and I'm oiling my body first before I, before I, and I put oil all over him, and then I, you know, basically molest him on the table, and I couldn't resist knowing that it was live TV. I couldn't resist pulling down my brother's pants in the, in, you know, at the end of the thing, it's oh the kind God. of the coup de gras, and uh, exposed him. Was he mad? And no, I mean, you know, he, you know, I paid, it was a payback for teasing me all those years. You know, <laughs> he was eight years older than me. And the guys came down, the what do you call it? The guys who you know, don't allow you to swear or whatever. They, and oh, the they FCC? Did, oh, the, the yeah, FCC, they're they probably were, upset. Oh, they, were, they say, we were going to c- cut this, but we figured you you boys were brothers. And so, and that yeah. didn't make any sense. Like, in, you know, incest was okay, <laughs> but I, I was, it was bizarre. But we had a good time. We should mention your dad, who, because I was younger, for me, he was the airplane. I picked the wrong time to stop oh, sniffing glue right. guy. Like for the young, young generation, airplane was such a big movie in 1980. Yeah. That he was like, oh, that guy, wait, he was in other movies? Like I, oh, I had no idea. Oh, I was yeah. a kid. Well, he, uh, I mean, he had a he phenomenal was, he was career. Very, yeah. He was very, very famous in the 60s for a TV show called A Sea Hunt. Yeah. Where he played a skin diver. But before that, he was in High Noon with, you know, Gary Cooper, did a, a bunch of movies before that. But he, he had such great success with Sea Hunt that people, it was kind of the ultimate compliment. You know, they thought he was a skin diver. That, that's how well he pulled it off. And that was, you know, great and wonderfully financial, you know, wonderful. Uh, you know, we got a lot of money for our family. We moved to a bigger house and everything. Yeah. But it was... Um, disappointing to him in a way because he's such a versatile actor and uh, from that 
time on, he kept getting all of these uh, scripts for skin divers. You know? well, and he knew so there were that many scripts for skin divers. Very, you, yeah, well, all these you know, skin divers, he, he turned them down you yeah. know, because you know, he had developed this strong persona and... Uh, that's what you know. People wanted him to, you know, du- duplicate, you know, what it was, and um, and then he did, uh, you know, airplane and kind of show. I remember I did a movie with him called Blown Away. Yes, and, and uh, in Boston, in Boston, and I talked to uh, you know the producer when we were starting out. I said, you know, who, you know who would be a great actor to play my uncle would be Lloyd Bridges. Do you know, have you heard of him? And he, he says, I, he laughed and he said, yeah, your dad, yeah, your dad's great. He says, but he's really more of a comic. I said, what are you what? talking about, man? He says, yeah, you know, with airplane and stuff. And I think people will, you know, I say, oh, shit. you can you, uh, make him read for the part. And he said, would he read for the part? I said, oh, man. Oh, my God. So he came in, he read, and he, of course, knocked it out of the park. And he's my, you know, he was my uncle in that movie. Against All Odds, 1984. You play. I don't think you really did a traditional sports movie. This is the closest you did because you're yeah. a receiver on the Dolphins. By the way, a very convincing receiver because I like this movie. I've watched it a couple of times. You're oh. convincing. It looked like you had actually oh, studied the, the pass well, I did. I'm stuff. trying to think of the guy that I studied. It looked like, like you had had some with. training. Yeah, there was a great guy in the... Uh, you were like a young Wes Welker. Outlaw. Old Wes uh, Welker. Yeah, he was. The, uh, I can't remember. Oh, oh, Chandler, uh, Bob Chandler. That was the Bob guy's Chandler name. from the yeah. Bills. Yeah, yeah, OJ's friend. Yeah, I probably so. <laughs> was he in the Bills? I thought he was in the outlaw. He was, he was, he he was, was originally or, in the Bills. Or the yeah, yeah. Or something. Anyway, this guy. I remember I had dinner with him or something, and he was like basically like a crip, you know, crippled guy. He, he he couldn't sit down. He was like this, and he goes, "Yeah, I'm going to play one more season." I say, "What? You can't walk? Says, I, you can't walk?" He's, "Oh yeah, I know, but I can I can still do." It. I say, "What are you talking about?" He says, yeah, I show up, you know, three or four hours before the game and they shoot me up with a bunch of stuff. And, you know, I, do. I say, well, why are you going to do that? He says, catching that long ball, nothing like it, man. Nothing gets you that. Oh, that's awesome. He says, I want, he says, you know, I, I have to do everything I can to stop myself from just cr- weeping after I catch that ball from ecstasy. You know, he's just, and uh, so that was, you know, that was an interesting movie. Against All Odds. Played the Phil Collins song. That was like that oh, era yeah. when they started and, and promoting so, with the song. I was so upset with that. They didn't let him sing it on the Academy Awards for some reason. Why? Did, he, did it win the Academy Award? I think. Probably. I don't know, it, at least was tune. nominated. Yeah, yeah. And then it had, it also, if anyone's ever watched it on cable, phenomenal car chase scene near the beginning. Oh, you and oh, James man. Woods are oh, like wow. having this seven oh, minute car chase. It's, man, it's that really was right great. by my mother's house on Sunset. You, you know, weren't driving God it, right? Did. Oh, yes, I you was driving. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, me and Jimmy Woods, we were driving that thing. And uh, like you were really doing the, the actual, like. Oh, yeah, completely. Everything. We were all, and we had the traffic all blocked up going east, you know, going into town. Yeah. But there were, you know, a lot of traffic going uh, to the, the other beach. Way. Yeah. yeah, going, to, you know, going the other way, and we'd be driving along, and somebody, you know, driving to the beach would say, you know, I don't think I'm this traffic. I'm just going to hang a Yui, and we'd come right into the shot. Oh my sometimes. god! And, oh, that's a good one. You know, there's a, a that's based on a movie called Out of the Past. That was really an incredible movie. Starman. Not only a great movie, it actually should be a Netflix series. I think they bring Starman back. I think I want to spend like you know, 12 episodes with you know, Starman. They did that. You know, they did that after the movie came out. Oh, they it did it on like good. network TV, right? And yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, and, uh, I, need a, I need the Netflix 12 hour. I know. It 12 could be very episodes. Good. It was such and a it's great all, idea. And it's all set up. You know, yeah. I gave the, you know, she's pregnant, you know, and she's, I gave her one of those silver balls. And it's oh, all yeah. set up for something. Did you keep any of the silver balls or no? You know, I did. I got some silver balls. <laughs> got like three left. Yeah, it's an opera. had an operation, put them in there. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so, I, and I heard that they're going to make a, um, they're going to do another version of it. And I thought, well, my God, it was, you know, too bad they didn't make a... I don't you like know. remakes. Yeah, I, too bad they, they didn't make, make a... Yeah, too bad they didn't make Because my thing with remakes is if I can watch the movie and it's still really good, like if I can watch it with my 12-year-old daughter, be like, watch this movie, this is a good one, and it, and it holds up, don't remake it. Well, I'll tell you what, I, where I disagree with you, man. Okay. True Grit. 
But True Grit is a total remake, man. But that was too dated, though. It was like from 55 years ago. You said, I'm just right. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I was ready for the True Grit remake. Yeah, and especially is, for your twelve-year-old girl. I mean, you got uh, Haley Seinfeld in there, who's so she loves, great she's in the a movie. Big fan of hers. So show her true grit, man. By the way, she, I don't know if you saw her in Edge of Seventeen, but she's no, a really good actress. No, I got. Oh, I yeah. know she's good. She's, she's going places. Oh, yeah, she's great singer and everything. Jagged Edge during this mid-eighties era of it's like this thriller era. Do I trust mm. Person X? Is he really the killer? Is he not? It's a good one. You and Glenn Close. Mm. You turn out to be the killer. That's right. I don't spoiler alert. Thirty two yeah, years later. Yeah, yeah. Was that the first time you killed you were the killer in a movie? <sighs> I think I killed some people in Heaven's Gate, you know. But you weren't like a murderer. No, I wasn't a murderer. Was that my first murder? Yeah, I don't you, know. Maybe you went full murder I, in this one. Uh, there was a guy we're doing Heaven's Gate. I told you being shot in front of that cabin, right? Yeah. And Chimino's famous for many many takes so i had 16 suits made with a uh, hundred squibs in the suit oh my god shots explosions with blood bags all done they had 16 of them and we went through those suits three times they reloaded them and we did that scene Does that hurt that many times hurt feels like little like well no here's, here's the thing it was in the days it was a little kind of primitive how they did that thing and they had like a to do those shots, there was a board with wires attached to these nails, and the people, I would run a nail across it, and it would set off all these shots on your body. And I was talking to the guy who was doing that, and I said, now, you're going to shoot me once in the shoulder. I'm going to reach for my um, my shoulder holster, a pistol in my shoulder holster. Let me get that out. I'll get a couple of sh- When I get... One, two shots out, and now let it go, right? So the first take, you know, boom, I get shot in the shoulder. I go for my shoulder holster, and before I get the gun out of the thing, boom, and he sets one off right under my, right, right under my arm. And I say, oh, I'm, I've actually been shot. My arm, I'm bleeding now. My, and then boom, 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 and I fall down. I say, well, I'm, I've been shot in the arm. I'll just I'm, I'm lay here die. and die on screen, you know. Bleed out. And uh, I wasn't dead, but I looked at my arm, the huge bruise on my arm from being there. And I go over to the guy, I say, let me get my gun out before you set the things off. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. My bad. Every time, man. He screwed up? Every time. Maybe he didn't boom, like you. Boom, 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 like this, you know. It was it was just so sad. Uh. Now we're doing, um, this is many years later, and we're doing Jagged Edge. And my stand-in, Lloyd Catlett, who's been my stand-in through about 70 movies. I met him on Last Picture Show. And he's he's been like my your stand- permanent stand-in? He, yeah, he's been oh, my stand-in all this time. And he says, and at the end of Jagged Edge, when I'm going to go kill, uh, come in and kill um, Glenn, Glenn Close, Close I, I'm going to pull out my knife and then she's going to shoot me. You know. And he says, look who's this, the uh, special effects guy who's going to pull the trigger on your thing. And it was this that guy. Was it was that guy. same oh, guy. No. Man, I go, oh no. So I go over to him, and you know, Heaven's Gate was, you know, 15 years before or whatever. And I say, you know, Bobby or whatever his name is, I say, wait till I get my knife out, man, yeah. before you shoot me, you know? And he goes, oh yeah, 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 sorry about that. Boom! Right under my arm. Oh, in the no. same place. And I took that knife and I. I threw it down on the ground and it magically f- flipped up in the air and landed right by the guy's head. You know, oh, I could never, I could never figure out if he was doing that on purpose. You know, did I wow. insult him some way? I don't know. We got to skip over some eighties yeah, thrillers skip, skip. and go I'm, to. I'm uh, telling too long stories. No, this sorry. is this is exactly what I was hoping for. 1989, <laughs> my favorite Jeff Bridges movie, The Fabulous Baker Boys. Oh gosh. Um, there's so much. Sure. You know what's cool about this movie? It's almost been 30 years. It's still 100% rewatchable. Yeah. It feels like it could kind of come out now. It's not that much uh, different. Yeah. Pfeiffer at like the perfect point of her oh, career. Man. You're at the perfect point of your career. Uh, my you brother. got all this stuff with your oh, brother. Man. I never knew like why, because I didn't know that much about the history of you and your brother. Like how much of this is, yeah. is kind of tapping into real stuff versus right. not real. Yeah. And it's, 
and her and the piano. It's just, oh, I'm a huge yeah. Pfeiffer fan. But. And then you had, uh, you know, this great director, Steve Clovis. Yeah. He wrote that in his 20s, man, and directed it. I think he was still in his 20s. It's a fucking awesome That's movie. his first movie. That's yeah, the first time out, you know. Wow. So what do you remember about that one? Oh, well, you so can play the piano, movies. right? Like, like well, you would from years Dave, ago, you'd know well, how to do it. Well, a little bit, but not like that guy, you know. Yeah, right. Um, uh, Dave Grusin is who, who you're hearing play the piano. But I told Steve, our director, I said, look, we can pull the illusion, you know, because movies are all about illusion. He's like, we got to pull the illusion that I play. We just do it one or two times, and that'll be it. So... Um, I uh, I set up some video cameras when Dave was doing the score, one kind of far back so I could see his body movements in the general position of his hand, another one right over the keyboard to really look at his hands. And then I uh, asked uh, Steve to give me the bars of music where they're going to go from my hands to my face or vice versa. And I learned those bars. I could play those bars, you know, and I, so I, I, I could play a little i could play enough to learn those bars and so i you know learned them and then when we shot it i had a little earwig a little speaker that you put in your ear so i could hear dave what dave was playing we muted my piano but i'm actually playing the keys that you're hearing and so the you know the illusion worked pretty well usually when people play piano in the movies they're trying too hard they're, yeah. they're throwing yeah. their whole body into it. And the ones that actually work are the ones, because real people who don't play the piano don't do that. Like they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're cool yeah. about it. Yeah. That movie has a nice vibe. It's it a really interesting is. rewatch, too, because of, uh, you know, she, you could tell she was a little nervous about singing in real life, and it translated yeah. into the role. And it just There worked. was a, um, a song, you get the soundtrack, and they left out my favorite song that she sang was more than you know. Do you know that song? Yeah. It's, it's, it was the song that she, um, you know, she auditions for the brothers, you know, yeah. more than you know. So beautiful. And that wasn't in the soundtrack? And that's not in the soundtrack. I don't know why. Wow. Um, Fisher King, you worked with Robin Williams. Mm, yeah. Gosh. Everybody loves him. Or everybody loves working Such an him. incredible cat. I was nervous um, doing that one because he was, you know, he was he's such an amazing comedian. Yeah. And I had some serious stuff I had to do in that movie. I had one monologue I had to give uh, to him, his character in the coma. His character was, you know, completely unconscious. But I had this fear that Robin would be, you know, screwing with me, you know, all during my big, you know, serious monologue, you know, trying to break me up. <laughs> and the ap the antithesis of that actually happened. He was... So supportive, you know, and it's it's odd. How can somebody be supportive if their eyes are closed and they're not moving? But somehow, just the vibe, you know, he was he was so um, so supportive uh, in that scene, and and I it made me understand that comedy was just a tool in his kit bag. He was a masterful actor, you know. Didn't you dig him in um, whenever when he played? He had a series of about three movies he came out where he played the bad guy. You know about yeah. that? Yeah, well, Insomnia, he was really yeah, good. Yeah, in that yeah, one. yeah, 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 yeah. So good. Was this right around the time when you felt like you could do any movie you wanted? Because after Baker Boys, where your choice, the choices you were being offered were at a different level, or did that happen earlier? Because there had to be some point where you're like, I'm Jeff Bridges, I want to do this role. And they'd be yeah. like, oh, cool, Jeff Bridges wants to do it. Well, I never, it's never been like that. No? No, I'm... I, uh... There must have been a point where you had more power than you used to have with... I, uh... Or maybe you I didn't never, think of it that I never way. thought of it that way. You know, I try to resist... <laughs> resist making movies as much as I can. You know, I don't, hmm. it's not, I'm not going out and trying to... I've done it a couple of times, movies that I've produced, you know, that I've really been proud of and, you know, worked hard at getting made. But normally I do my best to not engage in making movies because I know what it takes, you know. It, you know, for one thing, you're, you're away from your family. Right. That's one of my regrets in my life that I, you know, missed a lot of my kids growing up. And, you know, that, that's, you know, I can get depressed about that. Um, and... Uh, there's, you do one movie, then you're not going to be able to do some other movie that might be coming down the pike that you're not even aware of. 
You're committed. And, uh, yeah, you're committed. Yeah. And I like to do, I got a lot of other stuff. I music and paint and I got a lot of other stuff. So I'd really try hard not to engage. And so I end up doing movies that I just can't resist. You know, there's just a, a story that's so cool or a movie that I'd love to see or some other artist that's, it, you know, it's just too great and that will, you know, suck Yeah, you me. never had your run where you're like, I'm going to do a Born Identity trilogy. Yeah. Just bang yeah. out movies in Amsterdam. You're, this one's going to shock you. I love The Vanishing, which oh, I'm sure you get, yeah, but it's but, like but one yeah, of the all-time but, cult thriller movies. But have you seen the original? Well, that's but that's the thing. It always gets compared to the original. It's, it's like, can I just like the one with Jeff you know, Bridges and Kiefer Sutherland? The original is better. Man. You think so? Oh man, yeah, yeah, for a lot of reasons. But but it's what's interesting. Directed by the same guy. Did you George Schleiser, and he wanted in the American version, he wanted my guy, the bad guy, to get his comeuppance. Barney. Barney. But in Hello, the, Jeff. It, yes, yeah, Barney. You had yes, that weird yes, accent. Yes, and you talk very and, uh, deliberately. Well, well, that was one of the uh, uh, the things that George Schleiser said to me. He said, "Jeff, I am the real Barney, Jeff." Oh, so you're doing a George Schleiser impersonation? Totally just, so I just said, "Thank you, George." Okay. And so I just ripped. I'm going him, to man. talk like just, this. Yeah, and then and then when the, his first his first bit of direction for me he says, "Jeff." I want you to write an essay on Barney's past, his life. An essay? An essay. And I said, oh, George. I said, okay. I said, it's like a homework assignment or something. But I started to do it, and it just started to flow out of me, and it was a great exercise. Uh, you know, I can recommend, recommend it to other actors, and I've done it for other parts. Uh, what you do, and you almost do it like I was. I was at the time I was working on a book called um, The Artist's Way. Have you heard? Do you know about that? I've heard of that. I didn't read One it. One of the thing in Artist's Way is these morning pages where you write stream of consciousness, which means you don't stop writing. You just so if your head, if your mind is saying, "I don't know what I'm going to write," you say, "I don't know what I'm going to write. I don't know what I'm going to write. I know I'm not supposed to stop moving my hands, so I'm going to keep writing. I don't know what I it's like write. writing. I think, improv. I think, yeah, yeah. And so you, so and what happens is that your mind starts to just spill on the page, you know, rather than trying to figure out something. Um, Precious or pertinent, or you know. Well, the vanishing is a good movie. So you just you just let it flow, and um, so I'm writing. I say, how am I going to, you know, how the work? And it turns out that the accent was a total affectation. That the guy was from the valley, you know, here, and his. I could, you know, I we don't have enough time to tell you what the backstory of Bondi is, but it yeah. was quite quite remarkable but the accent was a total affectation well, it's on cable all the time which means people yeah. like it check out the original. anytime it's always on <laughs> i don't think you like the original work <laughs> blown away boston i was yeah. living in boston when you filmed oh, this movie go. it was a huge we deal trouble. we got in trouble man we blew out a bunch of windows and oh yeah oh man there's there's some as somebody who spent a lot of my life in boston there's some continuity issues with the with the last oh, yeah, 10 minutes yeah. you're just going downhill for nine blocks yeah. There's like uh, oh, no yeah, point yeah, in Boston. Yeah. They cheated, yeah, they cheated the location. Yeah. All of a sudden in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see an explosion from the four seasons and there's no way to see. But yeah. but I I still it's it's an important Boston movie because I think it was like the first hey, this is in Boston. Yeah. They're making it here. Jeff Bridges is here. He's staying in a hotel here. Uh, well, and it was like me, a big deal. To me, it was so great because I got to work with my dad. Yeah. And also Tommy Lee, who's one of my favorite actors. It was great. It's it's a good one. It's on a lot. Uh, we got to go Lebowski, which you've talked about a kajillion times. Mm. And then there's this whole crazy Lebowski fan base oh, that, yeah. and this became like an alter ego for you, the dude. Man, yeah, the, got the the, the uh, Lebowski fests, you know. And you've embraced it. Absolutely. Oh God, yeah. I'm proud of being involved with that one. That's a great movie. Did you know that at the time? Uh, You're I filming knew, it? I knew that, you know, I was a big fan of the Coen brothers. Uh, so I knew that you know, we were in good hands. Um, but this was a case of I had high expectations. And then when the thing came out, those expectations were, you just you went know, nuts. transcended. You know, it was just much better than I thought. I had high hopes and, you know. It's better than I ever thought. I mean, that's a great, you know, that you're talking about seeing movies of mine on TV. Now that movie will come on. Uh, I'll say, well, I'll just watch, 
I'll you know watch a couple of seasons, wait till Turturro licks the ball, and then I'll you know <laughs> spin to another channel, you know, and he'll lick that thing, and I say, oh, I gotta hang in, you know, I gotta see this, and then I'll I'll stick with that whole movie because the scenes are like popcorn, you can't stop, man, and they're so the more you see it, the more you get out of it, and I'm fascinated just a well by the made movie. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the tale of it because usually with comedies they belong to like a certain generation, right? Like my yeah. generation loves Caddyshack. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure under 25 that they care about Caddyshack uh-huh. that way. Big Lebowski, it's just like people hit yeah. 17, yeah. 18, 19, whatever, and they get sucked in and that's it. Yeah, it just keeps well, going yeah, and going. My theory is that it's just a great it's such a it's a such a great movie, well made movie, you know, where each scene, you know, leads to something else is surprising. Uh, Roger Deakins, um, the cinematographer, it's so beautifully shot. And like most things, uh, not most things, like I said, some things, and things that I, I really admire that are really well done, uh, it's not in, the, the, the beauty of it's not in your face. It's like, um, it looks effortless, you know. Well, we're, and, uh, you know. we're almost out of time, so I got to fast okay, forward. Okay. I got to do two more. The Contender... You're up there in conversation for greatest movie presidents. Oh, like if good. I was like, could I take a movie president and actually have them run the real country? Mm-hmm. If I did a bracket, I think my final championship game would be you versus Kevin Klein and Dave. Uh, oh, right. I think, <laughs> good, good. I don't know if anyone else has yeah, any yeah, other candidates. Yeah, good but idea. You were just a good president. You felt like the president. Yeah. Did, did, you, did you know that that was going to be... I mean, that was an important movie. You well, got nominated yeah. for it. I think Joan Allen did too. Yeah. Uh, Rod, see- Rod Lurie wrote and directed right. that movie. And he was a very interesting guy. He was a... Um, kind of a polarizing guy. Well, he was... Well, he was a, 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 a... I don't know if you call him a critic. I guess you call him a critic. But he was more like Truffaut or Begdanovich, he, who both were um, uh, film historians, Critic gave film critics, but they only wrote about movies that they really liked, basically, and they yeah. gave the viewers more insight into it. And Rod, um, he uh, he would interview um, filmmakers for the reason that he wanted to be a filmmaker himself. So he would always ask very pertinent questions. And it turns out that I was his first interview that he ever did. Isn't that bizarre? Wow. And um, if, you, if I ran into other uh, interviewers, I said, "You know Rod Lurie," and they were, eyes would roll. I said, "Why do you?" I said, "Oh, he was always asking these, you know, questions, you know, just how a camera moves and stuff." But anyway, he uh, he wrote this great script, and um, uh, he 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 was really into politics, really knew about Washington. And then Joan Allen was gonna play, uh, and she's incredible. Know, she's incredible. Yeah. And I had worked with her and Tucker years before. Yeah. Another good one. And so I thought, Oh man, this is going to be a, a good one. And then Rod, um, loved the fact he's, cause I had just played, you know, the dude, you know, maybe a couple of years before he says, I love the fact that dude's going to be the president, you know, <laughs> I right. love that. And that, that really played into my whole thing during that, especially that time of my career taking a cue from my father i didn't want to develop too strong a persona in any kind of thing so so you know doing the dude and then doing the press you know that was a nice juxtaposition i enjoyed that i would say that's your your best characteristic as an actor is the versatility you know yeah like after all these years you just come back and be like you're the vanishing guy you're the president you're the dude like you're able to move all these different places so you finally win the oscar Crazy Art, uh-huh. 2009. Yeah. You've been in the business at this point, I mean, since you were a kid. Yeah. But you'd been making movies for almost 40 years yeah. at that point. Was it everything you hoped it was going to be? It was another one that, of those transcendent things, you know, where I thought it was going to be good and it turned out better than I imagined. So you weren't thinking when you did that script, this is the one I'm going to win the Oscar for this. <laughs> no, 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 no. When, you know, I turned that script down. For about two years, yeah, because there was no music attached, yeah. And uh, you know, in my heart, I always wanted to make a movie, uh, you know, about a musician, you know, and do that because that's something I, you know, I love playing music, and it would be, you know, wonderful. Uh, but uh, in a way, you know, it's things are safe when you keep them in the dream world. You know, you're not you 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 don't you're not gonna. There's no danger of failure or anything because you're just dreaming, you're just thinking. But now when it starts to come real, 
you know, it's kind of frightening because we were talking about that wide receiver yeah. with that ball. And when you're throwing that perfect pass, man, all your dreams could come true. Please, God, let me catch this thing. Whatever my sweaty hands slip this thing. Oh, man. <laughs> A lot of anxiety, you know, yeah. and fop sweat and stuff. And so... Uh, I was kind of relieved when there was no music in the script. I said, wow, I was close. I can keep it and just dreaming about it. And then I'm walking down the street one day and I see my buddy T-Bone Burnett. When we met on uh, uh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah. And uh, he says, what do you think about this script, Crazy Heart? I said, oh, I don't know. There's no music. You know? And he says, oh, that's the easy part. I said, why well, are you interested in doing it? He said, well, I'll do it if you'll do it. I said, you're kidding me. He says, yeah. I said, what about the music? He says, we're going to get, we're going to handle that. I said, okay. So off we went and we, you know, wow. wrote those songs. And uh, I mean, I got, I could tell you lots of stories about it, you know. I mean, I, it was just a one, you know, it was such a, <coughs> a wonderful experience working with my dear friends. Yeah. And, um, you know, making that movie. It was Scott Cooper's first movie. He wrote the script. And now he's, you know, become a big time director. He's got a movie coming out now called Hostels. That's supposed to be terrific. I haven't seen it yet. So you were, last question, you've worked with so many people over the years. I know actors hate this question, but who do you think is the best actor or actress you ever worked with? Was there anybody where you were like, wow, that Gee, person's so I'll, talented. I'll I can't. tell you, these, uh, this movie that's coming out, yeah, uh, Only the Brave, it's got some good performances in it, man. Jennifer uh, Connelly, woo! Josh Brolin, incredible. Miles, uh, you know, Miles Teller, so great. Wonderful, you know, Taylor Kitsch is in it. It's just great, great actors. Uh, I can't name one, no. I, I get knocked out by people's performances. Have you dug uh, Bloodline? Yeah, the Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. Bo's in that. You know, my brother's in that. There's a slew of good actors in that. Man, I'm watching that stuff, huh? Aren't they good? Oh man, you might have to. It sounds like you want to do one Netflix show at some point. Well, all you know, or like some, some sort some of great. You know, that's you know, some great stuff is on there now. It's kind of all switched around. All right, hey, people out there, Jeff Bridges is ready. He's ready to read an awesome script. Oh man, yeah. This was really fun. All right, I, if this had been four hours, I think we could have done it. Yeah, I think so. But you're so, busy. Man. You're promoting too, yeah, stuff. too many stories, man. Too many it was long, awesome. A long winded motherfucker. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it was awesome. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Ben. Good hang. Yeah.